Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Movie Season. Today we're continuing our top 100 movies of all time. Today we'll be covering 90 through 81. I'll go ahead and start. My number 90 movie of all time is uh, a movie that I think I think doesn't get enough credit for what it did and just how entertaining it is for a movie that honestly doesn't have hardly any actors in it. It's it's focused on one guy 90% of the movie. Um and that's Castaway. Um I just think Castaway is probably for me Tom Hanks's best performance because it's just him um, interacting with things that are going on around him the entire time, and I think that is extremely difficult to pull off. Um, and I just I, I think for a movie set on an island where a guy's talking to a volleyball for most of it, it's just very entertaining, and you're you're constantly there's never a moment where you're like, God, this is really dragging. Um, and I just think that's a testament to to Tom Hanks and just how good this movie is. Yeah. I like Castaway. Uh, you know, it's one of those weird ones though. I, I don't catch myself rewatching it a ton. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. I don't think it's a, a movie that you start, um, that you rewatch from the beginning to the end all the way through, but it's one of those that if it's on TV and he's like already on the Island, I'll sit there and I'll watch the whole thing. I mean, and be completely, you know, uh, entertained with what's going on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a great movie. I just meant that I, I think I've seen it probably oh, like probably three times. I mean, it's a great movie. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, it's just one that again, I, I'm never sitting there and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm really in the mood for, for castaway. You know? Yeah. And, and I'm kind of the same way. I agree with you on that. I'm kind of the same way, but again, it's, it's one that I, I felt I had to put up there just cause it's, it's so good. You had to do it, huh? I had to. It's your list, but you had to. Yep. That'll be one that that'll be debatable for a long time. How many Tom Hanks movies do you don't spoil it, but this isn't gonna be the last Tom Hanks movie on your list, I would assume. There's two Tom Hanks movies on my list. Only two? I know. And I'll get and I'll get into when I when I come to his other one, which is farther down the list. My goodness. Yeah, that's wild, man. Yeah, I know. It's one of those that you don't really think about until you're sitting there and you're like, God, I don't have really much tom hanks on here but that is truly truly wild yeah all right um you know what's crazy is i hope that i don't accidentally mention something i already mentioned in 100 through 91 well if you had your list in front of you i do have my list in front of me but i have a lot of scratch outs oh god all right so now <laughs> so we're we're on number 90 yeah all right number 90 for me man i i have to put this on here is it one of the 100 greatest movies ever made? Absolutely not. Is it a great movie? Absolutely not. Is it a movie that I love very much? Yes. And it had to be on the list. And, I, and I'm just trying to figure out where to put it. And I feel like this is a great where, place to put it. Uh, so number 90 for me is Good Burger. Um, <laughs> the reason Good Burger had to make the list, man, is because I truly think it's still hilarious today. Like normally a movie that I really liked when I was a kid, if I'll... I probably won't add it on a list like this just because I'm like, well, that was just kind of nostalgia or whatever. I'm telling you the honest truth. Like, this movie is still really, really funny. It's still really good. I still quote it to this day. Um, I think it's just got, like, it's got a lot of cool cameos, you know. Um, you know, Sinbad is great in this. It's got a, a cameo from Shaq. Um, it's got Carmen Electra. It's got one of the great family movie villains of all time and Kurt. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could do a whole episode on Good Burger. So that's how I knew it had to be in the top 100. And I'll be honest with you. If I'm talking about terms of rewatchability, like if, if anybody ever said like, hey, man, let's watch Good Burger, I would always say yes to that. Mm. So that means it's something that I would still watch. And again, man, I you know, you got to show respect to Keenan and Kel. And uh, yeah, so Good Burger for me at, at, at number 90. Well, and I think this is one of those movies that we kind of talk about that, you know, for whatever reason, it holds a special place for us or, or for you in this instance. And yeah, it's not going to win any awards um, or anything like that, but there's just certain movies that you're going to gravitate towards um, more than others, you know? And, uh, and I will say this for a, for a kid's movie. I, I think this is one of the funnier kids movies out there. Um, Kurt as the villain is just, and like he's insane in, in a good way. And then um Sinbad, his little cameo is is fantastic. Um 
I really love Sinbad when he does like little cameos and stuff in movies. I always felt like yeah. that's when he's at his best. But well, but yeah, I tell I, you, this movie it gets dark too because not only is Kurt putting in things chemicals to make the burgers bigger at his place. He's also poisoning Good Burger's secret sauce with shark poison. <laughs> he also sends Keenan and Kel to an insane asylum. Like, yeah. so it, you know, and plus he hires Carmen Electra to try to get the secret sauce recipe from Ed. So again, just one of the great villains, man. And again, just a, just a cool buddy movie. It's like a real fun buddy movie to me. And uh, like I said, if this movie didn't hold up still, I, it probably wouldn't have made the list because they're, you know, like I said, nostalgia is a, a very powerful thing. But I, I've ser I'm serious, man. I watched this movie a couple years ago. It's still really, I, I still really enjoy watching it. Like I have a lot of fun watching it still. Like I don't cringe at it. You know, a lot of times you look at movies yeah. from your past or TV shows and you're like, oh, God. Like yeah. Saved by the Bell can get like that sometimes. You know, you watch Saved by the Bell and then you're like, golly, man, this show's kind of cringy, man. You know? But you loved yeah. it when you were a kid. So there's actually a, a YouTube channel that all they do is talk about how terrible a person Zach Morris is. Have you ever seen that? No, it's pre it's pretty funny. Um, well, very cool, man. Uh, so number eighty nine for me is um, is a, is kind of a buddy movie too. Um, more of like a horror slash thriller. Um, I, I believe J.J. Abrams wrote it or directed it. I think he wrote it. Um, and that's Joyride. Paul Walker and Steve Zahn. Uh, this is one that I just... We talk about rewatchability. I can watch this at any time. And especially around, you know, late September, early October. These are these are the kind of horror movies that I love. I love ones that... You know, one little comment by someone. Or just one little thing that happens all the time. During your daily commute or whatever. And it turns into a, a horror scene, you know, and I just love that. I, I think they do a great job of, of having that suspenseful, um, those suspenseful moments and also having that great like comedy between Paul Walker and Steve Zahn's Steve Zahn's great in this. Um, and I also think part of what makes it great is, uh, you know, you see truck drivers all the time, but you never really like see their face. You know what I mean? So you see them all like all over the roads and then that this idea that one of them is going to be kind of a crazy person. And again, they never show that person's face. I, I just think that's, I, I think it's great. And um, I don't know. It's just one of those movies that I always come back to. I think it has really legitimate, like scare, not like jump scare, but just kind of like gnawing away at you um, scenes. And uh, so, yeah, so Joel Rising number 89 for me. Yeah. I mean, you know, candy cane, uh, that's that's the scariest part is just you know yeah and and what's funny is that the whole movie is like a prank gone bad and like you know what's so funny is how mad the guy gets over. yeah i think I, I think we'll agree he takes it a bit too far now does he just get embarrassed or something i, I it's been a while yeah since so so he they like yeah go ahead, yeah go ahead. so they have him go to this guy's room and they're they're acting like they're they're a girl and then they send him to this guy who's a jerk that's next door to them at this hotel. And then he gets there and he has flowers and wine and all this. And the guy like starts cussing him out and one thing leads to another. And yeah. So, um, yeah, it's I good. Know, like man. I said, I, I, just, I like movies. I like movies like this too, where it's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of happens in real time, you know, it's, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I like movies that, you know, I like road movies too like movies that are kind of on the road, like, you know, they stop off a few times and you, know, you got a lot of good movies that, that kind of follow that model, but yeah, this one's a good one. And, uh, you know, Steve's on, man, I, I kind of miss seeing him and stuff, you know, because, yeah, um, I mean, and obviously, you know, uh, you know, I loved, you know, we can't go on without talking about, you know, how bummed you are about the Paul Walker stuff. Cause I mean, he was, it seemed like he was just, you know, he hadn't even reached his full, like, movie potential like where i feel like he could have i i could have seen paul walker being like a big time like action dude like in the later stages of his career you know kind of like reigniting yeah. that kind of like some of these other dudes have done um yeah I, I and i think those two had really good chemistry in that movie too and then oh, lily yeah. sobieski man she was in all kinds of stuff during this time yeah so yeah I, I i like that movie as well it's it's good but um all right well i'll just go right to mine so number 89 this one was one of the tougher 
the 80s was not the decade but the list was really difficult because you know i just really made a big list of of movies and it, I, I felt like it was really tough to kind of come up with really probably like i'd say 60 to 100 was really difficult um but the, but the one I'm going to go with on this one that I think is just a really good movie, and I, I really had a tough time putting it this low because it's such a good movie, but The Sandlot at 89. Mm. Um, I, I, I just, you know, I love The Sandlot, man. And, and again, I feel weird having it this low, but you forget how many movies you love. Yeah. Until you start making a list. And uh, this, this movie could literally be in the top 60. I mean, it, that, that's how close, like, I'd say 50 to 90 are, or 50 to 100. They're all like really interchangeable, really. Um, but uh, but yeah, I just love Sandlot. Like I said, it, I think it captures a. Uh, it, it's crazy that it's a kids. It's it, it was made for people, you know, in the night kids of the nineties. But uh, the whole family, it's kind of the same thing. I have remember the Titans. It kind of transports you to a time that you weren't even involved with, like uh, the fifties, sixties, whatever, whatever time this took place. Um. And it makes you feel like nostalgic for that time period, even though you weren't involved in it, which I think is really cool. And so this movie's like that for me. And I think the the cast is just incredible. It's one of the best like cast of kid actors of all time. Like every casting is perfect. Like every uh, actor is casted perfectly in this. And it's just funny. It's heartwarming. It's sports. Um, you know, we got to grow up in the nineties, man. There were so many good sports family movies, like a ton of them. Um, and this was one of the better ones. And so, uh, number 89 for me, Sandlot, and it could be higher. Yeah. Um, I will say this movie will probably show up on my list later on. Um, so I'll just touch on it quickly, but I just know, I remember one of the first times we watched it, our dad watching it with us and him literally saying like this, that was his childhood him going with his friends to the local uh you know uh, playground or wherever they they had a baseball mound and and playing baseball all day um and i think when he first watched it he had more of a love for it than maybe even we did just because it brought back all those memories of you know being a kid and and just simple simpler times i guess you know yeah. um but yeah that's that's a really good pick i, I love sunlight um 88 we're going to change gears a little bit from my last pick of joyride uh this is a, a comedy movie one that um the first time i watched it I, I thought it was hilarious and every time after that i i love it probably even more than i did the first time again it's one of those stupid comedies that shouldn't be this good but it, but it just is and that's billy madison um i just love billy madison man i i, I think it's I, I think it's one of those movies that is dumb at the heart of it like the whole idea is it's it's got a pretty cool idea but just they kind of go back and forth between being billy just being a complete screw up and then you know these other like really crazy moments and uh the guy that play i can't remember his name i know you'll probably know his name but the guy that plays the villain eric in the movie is just fantastic um one of the best and one of the best comedy villains i think of all time um i think it's like bradley whitford or something or Win yeah yeah, bradley, yeah that's yeah. it yeah um but i don't know it, it, it's just got so many i mean you talk about quotable lines or memorable scenes this, i mean this has got just as many as any movie i can think of and again it's one of those that um just gets funnier each time you watch it norm mcdonald's got a small part in it um you know steve buscemi has got a small cameo uh it's just I don't know, man. I, I can't say enough good things about Billy Madison, but it, it had to be on the list. And again, this is one that if I watched it today and I redid the list, it would probably be 15, 20 points higher. Um, so, yeah. So number 88 for me is Billy Madison. Yeah, I love Billy Madison. Um, I'll be I'll, I'd be lying to you if I said I, I'm I'm not sure if it's on my list or not. Um, I kind of take these lists you know, uh, a quarter mile at a time, so to speak. Um, you know, that's how I, that's how I kind of choose to live my life is, you know, a quarter mile at a time. And that's just me. Um, but the reason I did that whole line is cause that's the perfect segue into my number 88 movie. 
and that is what I consider. You know, I've really gone back and forth on which um, you know, which one I really wanted to put on here because I've really tried hard not to put like a ton of different entries from a franchise unless I've really felt it deserved it. But I really think that this is probably one that, you know, I, I don't even know if it's the best one, but it's the it's the OG one. That's the Fast and the Furious. The original Fast and the Furious at number 88. Um, I the reason I have to put this movie on here is because when I went to Alamo Draft House to see one of the newer ones, I got the uh and you know, this is cool. We're talking about Paul Walker again, but I got the uh, the tuna sandwich he gets in the first one. They had a specialty menu and they had Brian's tuna sandwich. And that thing was so good, man. That's such a great treat. But uh the reason I had the Fast and Furious up here is because I think that this was, you know, and I love the the some of the newer entries. I think the past couple entries haven't been that good, but like Fast Five, Fast Six. Um, are really good and you might see one of those later but i had to have this one on here because this was when it was still about kind of car racing and it was kind of you know again it, it was a lot like a point break type movie you know kind of a buddy slash like cop caper type movie but i just really like this one man I, I remember i rewatched it i don't know probably a year or so ago when i was getting ready for like the new i think the newer one or this one came out on 4k or something and this is a really really good movie yeah. Like, I think that, like, we kind of look at Fast and Furious. Like, this was, like, if, if they, if you had to keep one for, like, a time capsule, I'd almost say you'd want to keep this one, because this was before everybody became, like, a huge star. And it was, I just really liked it, man. I thought, like, the performances were really good in this. Like, when I rewatched this, like, Vin Diesel is fantastic in this one. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think this one, um, again, I think simplicity is king in this one. You know, it's just... I wish they would kind of go back to that. I wish they would just make a Fast and Furious where it's just about racing. They'll never do yeah. that, but but yeah, I, I remember watching this in theater and it was the biggest movie um at, at, at that time for a while. Um everybody in the theater, like once you got out, you know, people that were driving Mustangs all the way down to people that were driving um, you know, Kias were like revving up their engines in the parking lot and like speeding out. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. Um, I worked in a, in a movie, um, store that, you know, sold magazines and stuff like that. And, and we couldn't keep those, uh, like import tuner magazines. We couldn't keep them on the shelves. Like as soon as we put them out, they would, they'd be gone. Yeah. It um, kind of, it kind of became like this thing where like nobody at the time knew, you know, kind of, it was definitely had a big cultural impact because there was so much of this afterwards. Like you started seeing like need for speed underground come out. You started seeing, you know, all these video games like coming out where like you could soup up the cars, you know? And, uh, yeah, I, I just think that it kind of was like a big cultural moment. And again, the, the, the new, there's some really good ones in the, in the whole franchise, um, that I really enjoyed. But when I really was thinking about like, man, what's what's my favorite Fast and the Furious? And this one, this one and one other one were kind of the one that kept coming to my mind. And um, and this one also has race wars in it, which I think. Yeah, race wars. Uh, I'd kind of love to see more of race wars. Yeah. And so. Uh, but yeah, I just like this movie. I mean, the more I'm thinking about it, I really like I, I just I, I love the whole uh, the whole storyline, the cars. The, it's, it's just a really cool movie that I, that I wanted to have on here. That's my, we'll move on real quick, but that's my one complaint with this movie is I, I think they should have spent more time at Race Wars. I wish Race Wars would have been, you know, 15 minutes instead of five. Yeah. Um, I just think that'd have been really cool. But um, all right. So, number 87 for me is a movie. It was my first introduction to one of my favorite, probably my favorite director um, right now. Uh, it was a movie that someone that I worked with told me about. Um, wasn't sure what I was getting myself into and it's just one of those that kind of stuck with me even to this day I just still think about it from time to time um, and that movie's Memento um, Christopher Nolan's first not his first movie but his first um, like wide release movie uh, Guy Pierce is is a guy that I really like I, I, I feel like he's underrated um, as an actor and this movie's just one of those that yeah I'm probably not going to put it in every you know every month or something, or maybe even every year. But when I go back and revisit it every few years, I'm just reminded it just how, to me, just how smart it is. I, I think it just does, it does a very good job of being smart without, 
making the audience feel stupid, you know, and they have these little things where like you you kind of catch it midway where half the movie's going in one direction and the other the other half is going reverse. And um I don't know, I think it's just a really cool way to present a movie about a guy that has amnesia, like his thoughts aren't in the same place at all all the time, so they kind of did that with the way they they shot it. Um and again, uh, Christopher Nolan, I, I'm just a huge fan of his his work. Um, there's there's not another director that I get as excited about as, as I do when Christopher Nolan comes out with something new. So uh, this had to be up there. Again, um, I know it's not for everybody because it, it can be kind of um, confusing at times, but I had to have it up there. Number 87 for me is, is uh, Memento. Yeah, I mean, I like Memento. I, I think it's good. Um you know, I'm I, big, know, I know it's not going to be on. I, I knew it wouldn't be on your list. Yeah, I mean, you know, you take a look back here. I got a couple Nolans back here. Oh, that's you right. Know. Um, I'm a big fan of Nolan too. He's definitely, uh, you know, it's not, hard. Not, not as big as me though. Not as big as me. So, well, I mean, I wouldn't. You know, again, it, it's all, uh, you know, it's all subjective. You know, at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I guess. I mean, I got. You know, if I had to make, you know, maybe one day we'll do a director's one director's list or something but uh yeah i like this one you know i I do think though um how do i word this without coming across like i think i'm smarter than the movie i do think though after the first watch like when i rewatch this one it I, i feel like it does lose lose me like it loses its effectiveness the more you watch it i'll put it that way like the first time you watch it it's like my god like this movie is so great, man. This is an intelligent movie, and it still is. But um, you know, and again, I don't want to talk too much about this one. But unlike this one right here, um, I feel like it loses a little bit on rewatches. If that makes sense, still good. Yeah, I don't it, think it it's as rewatchable as some of his other ones, but yeah, but it's yeah. good. I mean, I don't have an issue with it. It's it's definitely not on my list. It's it's definitely towards the bottom of like my Nolan filmography for sure. Um, but you know, that's just me. You know what I mean. Uh, yep. What do I know? All right. So number, um, so number 87 for me is, uh, you know, I really tried to put some, uh, like I said, horror movies, animated family movies. These were tough to rank because it's, it's tough. You know, like I said, in the first episode, it's tough to rank certain movies against other certain movies, but this is just a horror movie that, uh, that I, I really love. And I, I, it's a hard rewatch, but I, I, find myself rewatching it quite a bit and i just think it's it's i think it's quite great to be honest with you and uh, number 87 for me is sinister um you know ethan hawk's amazing in this movie and i think that scott derrickson like really directs the hell out of it i think it has some of the scarier imagery that i've seen in horror lately um i think it still holds up i've rewatched this one a bunch of times it, it scares me every single time I think I think it loses a little bit towards the end. I will say that that's a that's a complaint I totally hear and totally agree. But the first two thirds of this movie are perfect, like they're truly perfect. And if you haven't seen it, I you know it's been a while, but it's a little spoiler alert here. But when it basically gets to the part where like the uh, the dead kids are like running around the house, like sneaking up on Ethan Hawke, yeah, that's when it loses me a little bit. But the first two thirds of this movie, when he's just having his whiskeys, rewatching the tapes and stuff, I think it's just near perfect horror film. And um, again, it's just one that I, I find myself rewatching quite a bit, and I, I really enjoy the performances. I think it's creepy as hell. So, Sinister '87. I'll be honest; I thought this would be way higher on your list. I thought this would be top top thirty. Um, oh God! Top yeah, I mean, well, time? I did. Dude, I just know how much you you talk about how how much you love this movie. Yeah. Um, and and again, horror is one of the harder ones I think to rank because I think most people automatically think like, oh, well, if the, if you have this horror movie ahead of this one, then you must think it's scarier. Well, not necessarily. You know, like there's mo- there's horror movies that I don't think are as scary as other ones, but are way better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sinister is one of those that we saw in theater, and it was just like the whole time you're just on the edge of your seat. Um, and you know, once he starts breaking out the tapes, you're like, you know, you're like, God, don't watch the tape. But again, it's one of those things where you know that something's going on, something sinister is going on. 
And um, but well, I, let me, I, I agree with you. I think Ethan Hawke yeah. is fantastic in this. Well, let me say this. I mean, again, uh, you know, it, there'll be stuff ahead of this. And this is the last time I'm going to say it because it's so annoying when I repeat this. But I'm just going to say this one last time and then I won't say it again. Just because it's 87 and another movie might be 51, I actually might think that this one is a much better movie than what's at 51. It was just like I said, it was real. Right. One of it's the top, you... Yeah. One of the top things was like rewatchability. This is kind of a seasonal watch for me, even though it's not a Halloween movie. It is still kind of seasonal. Like I kind of tend to watch it around Halloween time. Um, but yeah, it's great. It definitely could have been higher. And in fact, I'll probably I'll probably regret having it this low later on when I pick another horror movie ahead of it. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute. And I then like you'll bring up better. and then you'll say the thing that I'll you say said thing you again. swore to the people. I'm not gonna know. say it. I won't say it again. You'll text it to me. I think I think yeah. <laughs> All right. Um God, I'm gonna be over there. I can't believe I have it at 87. <laughs> I should have had it higher. <laughs> Oh God. I almost got that comment to myself because I was like, God, dude, he's already. No, you're he's right, though. It. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to scratch no, it out. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead, no. All right. Number 86 for me is a movie that um, at the time that this came out had one of the biggest stars of the mid to late 90s. Um, really, for a while, he was he was kind of the action guy. Uh for like a decade. I mean, he was everything he put out was just making tons of money, was really good. Um, and that movie's Independence Day. Uh Will Farrell or not Will Farrell, Will Smith. What? Uh, it would it would have been a little bit different with Will Farrell, I think. Um yeah. but yeah, Will Smith, and I just remember this is one of those movies that I'll I'll never forget us going to the theater, seeing it as a family, summer movie, and just how like up until then, you really hadn't seen a movie like that that had that kind of special effects, that had that kind of, I don't know, just scope, I guess, is the way I would I would put it. But this movie still holds up. Like, a lot of the CGI, I think, still is pretty good, considering it came out, you know, 20-something years ago. Um, and it's just got great performances throughout. You know, Jeff Goldblum's great. Uh, Randy Quaid is the crazy conspiracy guy. Uh, hell, even um, Harry Connick Jr. Uh, in the small parts that he's in w was fantastic. So uh, this is just a movie that will probably always stay somewhere in this range, but I have to have it on a list like this because it's just... Oh, and again, Bill Pullman. Um but again, it's just got so many great moments, and, and the fact that it holds up so well so many years later, I, I think is is what will keep it up here for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think the smart thing they did, the why it holds up so well, is they did a lot of practical effects. They did they did some CGI, of course, like especially the whole scene where you know they're flying through the desert, the spaceships and stuff. But a lot of the stuff that's like up close, whether it be the alien, I'm telling you, that's what people don't get, man. You do these like CGI aliens. It's not going to hold up, man. In like yeah. ten years, the, the, the practical effects of the aliens were great in this movie. Yeah, the smart uh, thing they did is they they kind of did like the alien approach where they didn't show a ton of the the alien e even at the very end. They don't really show like the full body alien running around doing stuff a lot. You know what I mean? In fact, I yeah. can't even really think that they did that, and yeah. I think that was really smart. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's just one of those that. Uh, you know, Will Smith was the biggest star on earth for a while, and this is one of the reasons why. So, yeah, I was gonna say this movie, you know, Fresh Prince was big. This movie kind of put him on like, oh, god, a yeah, this stratosphere. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, people, you know, I still remember seeing this in theaters, and th this, this is a great movie. I love it. Um, number 86 for me is another, you know, again, uh, this is a movie that there's, there's a, you know, the Jack Ryan franchise is, is really underrated, in my opinion. And I think that some of uh, Harrison Ford's best work is as Jack Ryan. And um, number 86 for me is Patriot Games. You know, this is kind of, the, you know, I used to think that this one was after Clear and Present Danger, but this is actually the, the first Jack Ryan uh, Harrison mm -hmm. Ford movie. Because uh, when I was a kid, you know, I didn't watch these like when they released. We waited till these came out on video. And, you know, th this is one that, you know, a lot of people have like fond memories of Harrison Ford as like Han Solo and Indiana Jones and rightfully so. 
Man, I have like my earliest Harrison Ford memories, believe it or not, is like of him playing uh, Jack Ryan in the 90s. Like that's kind of where I when I grew up and saw his movies for the first time. Uh, Patriot Games just a lot of is just a great like espionage thriller. I love Harrison Ford in this. He's super believable as Jack Ryan. Um, it's got a little bit of everything. It's got like a little bit of a revenge tale. It's got a really great villain. Sean Bean is great in this. I love the whole angle of that storyline. And yeah, I, I just really miss movies like this. I mean, they, they do a good job of making stuff for TV like this now, but this type of movie has kind of gone away from theaters. But uh, man, I loved it. I, I really love this movie and um, rewatched it tons of times. I, I, I think it's extremely smart, extremely entertaining, action packed, got pretty much everything you could want in a movie. Yeah, I, I agree. I love Patriot Games. Um, and it's one of those that, like you said, they don't they don't really make movies like this that aren't, you know, super high budget, um, that aren't going to make five hundred million dollars. Um, this would be a a show just like they have the Jack Ryan show now. Um, but yeah, I, I love this movie and Sean Bean was so good in this. Yeah. Um, as like because and it's one of those like he's one of those villains that yeah he's the bad guy but you understand why he's trying to get revenge on Harrison Ford you know like Harrison Ford did what you know a good guy should do but you still understand why Sean Bean's mad um so I, I agree with you I think it's very smart I think it's very um you, it's one of those movies that'll always age well because there's always um you know there's a lot there's no CGI stuff that I'm aware of it's very um like it's not dependent on any one time period you know what I mean like these yeah. stories are always going to kind of hold up. So um, that's a very good pick. I, I really like Patriot games. I don't think it's on my list, but um, it probably should have been because it's, it's so good. Um, number 85 for me is a movie that came out uh, this past year. Uh, so 2022. My goodness. The reason it's not any higher is because I've only seen it twice. I think. And I want to watch it a couple more times before I really push it up. Um, but this movie, Smile. Uh, this is a movie that I was a little worried after I've kind of seen the, uh, after I've seen the, um, after I've seen all the jump scares and, and I went back and watched it a second time, would it have that same effect? And while it wasn't as scary the second time I watched it, it was still really good. And I think that's because the stuff in between the scares is so good. Um, I didn't realize this while we were watching it, but uh, Kevin Bacon's daughter is the lead actress in this, and she's so good in this. Um, like, you feel her her anxiety and her fear through the screen. Like, it, it's crazy how good of a job she did. Um, and I, I just think it's one of those movies that'll probably always, it'll probably just rise um in the foreseeable future because i just think it's it's got that thing where it doesn't have to be scary to still be a good movie but the scares help it if that makes sense and um and i remember seeing this and you know us going to theater and seeing this and just the whole theater man was just like you could feel the anxiety and the nervousness in this in the theater with us um yeah. and again it's it honestly probably should be higher, but again, I haven't watched it as much as these other ones, so I kind of want to wait and see if repeat viewings will will hold up. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, th yeah, I love this movie too. And, uh, you know, it may or may not be on my list later on. But, um, you know, I, 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 I've never seen a, mo a horror movie come out that I thought was so great that kind of got disrespected a little bit. Like, it, oh, every yeah. time I'm seeing people's end-of-year horror list, strangely enough, I don't even see this in people's top 10 and it's either a, they didn't watch the movie or B they watched it on streaming by themselves during the day. Weren't, you know, half paying attention, half looking at their phone. Um, I'm just telling you this, this is by far one of the better horror movies that have come out in recent memory. Um, it's not only extremely scary, the performances are great. The whole storyline is fantastic. Some of the imagery I've never seen in a movie before. And I've seen a ton of, movies ton of horror movies 
And it was so much fun, but also so scary. at the th- And it's very hard to strike that balance of like, there's movies, there's this big push for horror movies right now. It's like, how how terrible can you feel after you leave the theater? Yeah. Or it's like, hey, tongue in cheek, we're just having fun. This strikes a balance of being entertaining, fun, and extremely unsettling and scary without making you feel like crap after you leave the theater. You're on like a high. You yeah. Know, you're like, golly, man, that was incredible. Like this movie just keeps hitting you over and over and over again. Um, but yeah, great pick. I mean, again, I it is on my list. I'll just say, and I'll uh, I'll talk about it briefly when it comes up. But yeah, it, it, it's uh, it was definitely my favorite horror movie of this past year. Not even, I mean, it really wasn't even close. I mean, this was definitely number one. I'm sorry, I keep expecting you to say something, but I, I keep forgetting to just go right into my other pick. All right, so number eighty-five for me. This is the I think this is the first animated movie I've had. I think so. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure. Um, you know, again, animated was difficult for me because I don't, you know, I watch animated movies, but again, it, you know, I've almost did it again. Here we go. Number 85 is Ratatouille. Um, I love Ratatouille. I, I, I watched this one and now my, uh, my little nephew's getting into it. So I've, I've rewatched it recently. This movie's so great. I mean, it's so much fun. It, it's, 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 funny it's it's heartwarming it's everything that pixar stands for it's uh you know i could go on and on about it. i think Patton oswalt does an incredible job you know voice acting on this one and it's just such a cute movie man i mean i i just love it i mean there's really nothing else i can say about it other than all those things i mean i'm not gonna go deep dive i'm sure everybody's seen ratatouille but this is definitely one of my top animated movies and um you know just you know, it's it's eighty five because, again, it's a tough. It's kind of tough to rank it against a Patriot Games, you know. But it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I love it. It's it's, yeah. That's all I can say about it. I mean, I don't really know what else to say other than that. This is a movie that I can't believe I've never seen. Um, I need to I need to watch this. Uh, and I'll tell you what kind of stroke, um, stroke my interest for it is um, everything everywhere all at once has some you know some callbacks to ratatouille yeah and it's just like i really after watching that movie i was like god dude i've got to watch ratatouille because i know it's one that i'll i'll love because those early pixar movies were just so fantastic when they were releasing like one a year or something like that um so i've got to check this out um But yeah, I, I know that you're a big fan of this one, so I'm not surprised that this is on your list. Yeah, and I have I have a handful of animated movies on here. Um, but yeah, man, the, the animated movies are so good. Like when you know, especially these Disney Pixar ones. Again, the, the more recent ones that have kind of gone straight to streaming, I haven't really checked out as much. But this is one that every time I watch it, I find something new to like about it. The animation's just great. It's just. Again, I, I just love the whole story about it. And I, I'm not going to, I'm glad I didn't say too much about it since you hadn't seen it. But yeah, I, I definitely would say if you haven't seen this one, Chris, uh, you, I think you'll really like it. Um, number 84 for me is a, um, another one of those like Patriot Games type movies, ones that I, I feel like doesn't get made enough now. Um, this one had huge star power at the time. This is a Clint Eastwood movie. In the Line of Fire is my number 84. Oh, yeah. This movie is just, I mean, you talk about, um, you talk about like suspense and intense situations. This movie has it throughout. And John Malkovich is, he's one of the best villains that I can think of that he reminds me a lot of, um, or I, I guess it's reverse because the other movie came out later, but uh, Anton Chigurh from, uh, no country for old men. I think they're, they're kind of similar, but John Malkovich isn't really crazy. He's just, he's just kind of fed up and he's got the, you know, whether you believe that his reason for being fed up or whatever is, is right. He, he believes that he's right. And I just, I don't know. He, he, he makes it a way he comes across in a way that, yeah, he does some very despicable things, but you never sit there and think like, man, he's just out of control. Like everything's calculated, everything's thought out. And um, just him and Clint Eastwood, like when they're on the phone with each other throughout the movie is just so good. Um, Cause they're only in the movie, probably one or two scenes together. Uh, 
But again, it's just, and, and you got Clint Eastwood, who's one of the great stars of all time. And he pulls off the, like too, he's really too old to be out there, but he's, you know, he, he's, he's got to make sure that this guy gets caught and it's just great, man. I, I wish they would do more movies like this. Um, Dylan McDermott's in it for, uh, for a little bit. He's, he's great. Um, Rene Russo's great. I just, this is a movie that I keep coming back to when I'm, when I'm in that mood for like a suspenseful thriller. Um, that's, you know, like two hours long and I know exactly what I'm getting myself in for. So, uh, number 84 is in the line of fire. Yeah. I love in the line of fire, man. Um, I think that John Malkovich doesn't get enough, you know, we, it's kind of a funny thing. Like, sadly enough, I quote him from, uh, from rounders a lot, but I think, and like, I think he's great in that too, but John Malkovich is a villain is so much more entertaining for me. Like, I just think he, he, he does what Willem Dafoe does, but almost, I, I almost like him a little bit more. Cause like I said, you know, when he plays a villain, because like I've said before, when, when you see Willem Dafoe, you, you automatically are thinking this dude's a villain with John Malkovich. He, he plays it so subdued in this movie. Yeah. It's and, more measured. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, the, the phone conversations are great. Some of the, some of the things he does, like the smart things he does, like the, the wood weapon and uh, the whole scene on the elevator. I mean, just really great stuff. And um yeah, there, there's a lot of movies like this that make my list because I just think that this is kind of the type of movie I really enjoy. You know, it's it's smart, it's um, it's action packed, it's it's got something to say, and um, it's at the end of the day, it's just entertaining. You know, and I think a lot of movies today are like missing the mark on, you know, just make an entertaining movie, man. Um, yeah, great pick right there. Uh, number eighty four for me is a movie that is. Uh, I, I like both of the entries in this, but this is the better one. And I really like it. I, I will say I was obsessed with this movie when it first came out. Like if, if you, if we would have done this list when this movie first came out, I probably would have had it in my top 50. No lie. Cause I was obsessed with it for a while. Like loved it. But, um, you know, I've rewatched it so many times. Maybe that's heard it, but, uh, 21 jump street is number 84. Um, I just love this movie, man. And, if I got to add the beginning of 22 Jump Street to this movie, I'd have it even higher because I think the, the first scene of 22 Jump Street is just brilliant stuff. But 20, uh, 22 Jump Street, but 21 Jump Street is just great. Like, like it, it, it's a movie that was not, shouldn't have worked, shouldn't have been good, had no business being made, and it literally just came out and just was amazing. It was popular. It was everything you'd want in a comedy. Um, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum were fantastic in it. It's got a lot of good cameos, you know, not even cameos like side characters, you know, Jake Johnson, um, Dave Franco. Dave Franco's um, so good in this. Dave Franco's fantastic in this. And so is Rob Riggle. And again, I hope everybody's seen it, but I guess spoiler alert, but the way they uh, integrate the original cast in this is just next level. Great cameo. Like it was amazing how they did that. And again, man, I know I've said it a bunch, but it's not only laugh out loud funny, but it's a good like cop movie, too. And I think that's and it's also a good high school movie. So for them to make three different really good movies, they made a good comedy, they made a good cop movie and they made a good um, uh, high school high movie. School movie. Sorry, thank you. I, I, just, I love it, man. And like I said, five, six years ago, this would have been higher. I've seen it so many times now, I think, that maybe it's hurt it a little bit. I don't know, but uh, 21 Jump Street, number 84. Yeah, it's a very good pick, man, for all the reasons you, you said. Um, and it, and I think it does one of the best jobs of, like you, like you said earlier, incorporating the original cast without making it too, uh, you know, like it's just like, oh, we, we passed, you know, Linda Carter on the street or whatever. Uh, Wonder Woman did that. Yeah. Or, you know, or we bumped into them at the supermarket. Like, no, th this was the best way that they could have done it. Um, so, yeah, so I, I love 21 Jump Street as well. And like you said, both of them, I think, are pretty similar, but I do think the original is better um, if I had to choose. So, uh, so number 83, I, I initially thought you were going to talk about this movie that I have at 83. Um, this, is movie, this is a movie that we, well, because it, there's two of them. Um, we both saw this in the theater. 
I think we're both huge fans of it. I, I doubt it'll be on your list, but um, but I thought it was one of those that when you started naming off things, I was like, okay, it's not a comedy, um, but it's one of the best action movies that I've seen. If you're talking about just straight like choreography and all the things that make action movies great, uh, and that's Raid Two. Um, if we did this list the year that it came out, this probably would have been top 30 for me. Uh, I just love the raid too. I think it is, if it wasn't, um, if it wasn't, uh, you know, like in a foreign language, if it was just, uh, you take everything from that movie and you just make it English. This movie would have been one of the hugest movies, action movies in the last 10, 15 years. Um, the fights in this are insane. They are, it makes you feel like you're in the mood, like you're there with them getting hit when these people are getting hit. I mean, it looks, I'm, it's choreographed, of course, but it doesn't look, chore it looks like these people are really hitting each other, kicking each other. Um, a lot of people prefer the first one, uh, Raid Redemption over this one. I, I think this one's better because it, it makes, it's bigger, but it also has, to me, a better story. It's yeah, got this one's more, way better than the. Yeah, than I, I agree. I think I think that this one's got a lot more going on, and it kind of goes more in depth of like the criminal underworld and and um, I guess China or Japan. I'm not exactly sure uh, where they're at, but but man, I just I love this movie, and it's one of those that I can watch the fight scenes all day. Um, because they just, it, it kind of does that thing that John Wick movies kind of do for me a little bit, though, where after you see someone get kicked in the face 20 times, it, it kind of loses a little bit. But I think this this movie does a better job of just kind of mixing up its action. You know, like they'll have one, uh, one on one fight here, and then they'll have like 20 dudes fighting each other here. And then next thing is a car chase. I just, I love the way they mix it up, and I'm hoping that they do a third one. I can't imagine them not, but we'll see. So number 83 for me is Raid 2. Yeah, this this one did make my – I really like Raid 2 as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of this too. I mean, I, I you know, you mentioned the – if it would have been, you know, an English version of it, it would have been bigger in the States for sure. Um, I think that that's the kind of thing that I feel like people are starting to come around to over the past like five years is not being intimidated by subtitles. Squid Game think, helped that a lot. Yeah. And, well, and also <laughs> I think that people watch at home, they watch, because the sound design, like, I'm mean, going to be honest, the sound design on some of these modern movies, man, are awful. Yeah. And uh, you have to have the subtitles on, even for an English-speaking movie, and you speak English, because you can't, the the music, and in, in the, the uh, again, I could go on about it, but, um, so I think a lot of people are already having the subtitles on during English stuff now. And so, I think that's helped with kind of coming around to this. And plus, like you said, it coming straight to streaming, watching stuff on subtitles. I'm, I'm guilty as the next person. I, I, I definitely uh, wish I, I did, I've seen more like foreign films from different uh, places. But this is one that I definitely think did really well considering. I mean, this doesn't have any big star. Again, I'm talking about in the United States. Uh, no big stars, really. And it still just kind of had some of the best fight choreography out there. So, um Again, I, I I really like this movie too. Not on my list, but uh, definitely a, a fun, just kind of brutal action movie, man. And if you like the if you if you if you're the type of person that your favorite type of stuff is that type of stuff, that this is a big treat for you, I'm sure. Um, that was number eighty three, right? Yep. <clears throat> All right, so number eighty three for me is um, again, it's one that. I wasn't really sure where to put it. I knew how much I liked it, but I just wasn't sure, you know, where I could put it. You know, I didn't want to put two, you know, stuff too similar together. But, um, but this is one that I just think's really, you know, I, I rewatch it a lot. And, uh, my mom's a real big fan of this movie. I've seen it a bunch of times because this is just one of her favorite movies, but, uh, something's got to give is number uh, 83 on my list. If you haven't seen this one, it's just, it's Jack Nicholson, you know, it's Diane Keaton. It's even got a little bit of Keanu. Um, I think it's Nancy My I, I need to check this. I'll check it before I'll check I'm it. talking about it. I'll check yeah, it. Yeah, see see who directs it, because I think this the same director did this and um it's complicated. But anyway, just just a fantastic 
movie. I mean, I guess you could call it a romantic comedy. It's almost like a romantic. I th I feel like it's a comedy first and foremost. It's got like some romance to it, but um, it's just such a smart movie. The script is just incredible. Like the script is fantastic. Did, yeah, did Nancy Myers directed. Okay, yeah the uh, the script is just so well written. I mean, I, I when I sit there and I'm thinking of, when I'm watching the movie, um, you're not thinking at the time, man, the script is great because everything just seems like so. Um, the conversations literally are so well written and so well. Performed. They seem real. Yeah. And I just love the movie. I mean, I've seen this a bunch of times. It's hilarious. Like I said, a lot of times when me and my mom will watch a movie or something, this is definitely one that she'll, uh, she would have way higher in her list. But uh, I, I just think it's a brilliant movie. I mean, I really do. It's like Jack Nicholson, late career Jack Nicholson doing these type of movies. He's so damn funny and captivating. Diane Keaton's great. Um, like I said, the, the whole cast is great, and I could go on and on about it. The setting, like where the, the movie's located, the on-location stuff, just beautiful scenery. Uh, just a really fun, like warm, comfy movie. Yeah, I like this movie too. Which one do you which one do you like more? Um, this one or as good as it gets? Well, I can't say just yet. Okay. Well, I like as good as it gets more. Well, I mean, I just it? gave the way. I just gave it away. But yeah, one, one, the other one will be on the list. Okay. Sorry. Um, I just think Not these okay. movies are very similar, and I think if you like one, you'll probably like the other one. Um, but yeah, Definitely. I, it, it's one of the like Jack Nicholson's had an amazing career, but one of his best um, attributes, I think, is being able to just play just about any role in any kind of movie. You know, yeah. he can he can play a scumbag like in The Departed. He can play a romantic uh, interest like in these movies. Um, he's just so, so good, man. And uh, I, I, th I think that's what sets him apart from some of these other people as they get older in their career. But, uh, but yeah, that's a good pick. Um, all right. So for me, number 82 um, was a huge movie when it, when it came out summer blockbuster, I still remember going and seeing it in theater, the leading guy kind of, had a hiatus from Hollywood for a while, not his fault. Um, but he's finally starting to get back into the limelight and that's, uh, Brendan Fraser and the movies, the mummy. Um, I was wondering wh what this was going to be. I was like, what could it be? But yeah. Um, I just think that if his career wouldn't have been derailed and again, not, not anything on him, he he would have been what Chris Pratt is now. Like Chris Pratt was doing the roles that Brendan Fraser was doing in the late nineties. Um, but the the Mummy is one of those movies, those CGI driven movies that still looks really good, and they didn't overdo the CGI to where it everything that's not green screen looks out of place. Like you can tell that they they spent a lot of time in real locations. They that, or they made it look like real locations. And I just love everything about this. The, the chemistry between him and Rachel Weiss is one of the best I've, I've seen in a movie like this. And, um, you know, they even have the, I, I, I don't know the actor's name, but the guy that's like his, um, he's like the sleazy guy that, that is constantly like backstabbing everyone in the back. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Um, he's great. Uh, I just love this movie. It's it's got the perfect mix of action and comedy that I can think of. Um he almost plays kind of like a like a Kurt Russell type character in this, you know, the ones that Kurt Russell made famous years before and I just love this movie. This is one that'll always probably be on my list somewhere in this range. Um but it's one that I I could pop in right now and just sit there and watch the whole thing and be completely entertained. Just like it was the first time I watched it. So, uh, number 82 for me is the mummy. Yeah. I really like the mummy. It's it's, uh, with everything you just mentioned, I mean, it's, it's a great, uh, just fun blockbuster. It's also got some cool, you know, again, the effects, some of the effects don't hold up, but oddly yeah, enough, I mean, in the first one, it, it actually looks pretty damn good on a rewatch as opposed to the scorpion or the, you know, the scorpion. Yeah. The scene, second, second one, one gets, yeah. Second one, gets pretty bad as far as the cgi yes i would say so yeah um but uh was that 
Can I move? Am I on yeah, yeah. now? Okay. Yeah. Uh, number 82 for me is Uncle Buck. Mm. I think, and the reason I'm saying Uncle Buck is not like a, like, because I think that for me, I, I love it. I've rewatched it. I think it's a really good movie. I, I'm not saying it's not one of my, um, it's not like a guilty pleasure movie, you know? No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's one of those ones that I think is a, is a really good movie. But, you know, I I, I, I don't get... I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't see a lot of people talking about how it's like one of their favorite uh, John Candies. And so for me, again, maybe I misspoke. I shouldn't have said it wasn't a great movie. I just meant it could have been higher if I didn't have a couple of issues with it. Um, but overall, I really enjoy Uncle Buck. I think it's just like, you know, it's, it's vintage um, John Candy. Um, I'll have some more John Candy on this list, but it's just really funny. And I think that that's the thing with this movie is that it's, it's, it's literally like a, just a John Candy kind of takes over the whole movie, which is a great thing. But I'm saying like, you know, the, the rest of the story, you know, you can kind of pick and choose what you like about it. But like in terms of John Candy performances, this is one of his best performances. It's just a really fun, you know, comedy, uh, you know, and I really enjoy it. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's just that classic John Hughes type movie. Um, I, I, I really love Uncle Buck as well, and I think it, it's got those like really heartwarming moments in it. Um, that kind of makes it more than just like a dumb comedy, but th this, this movie is a perfect example of just how great John Candy was is that he could take a movie about just about anything and make the character lovable and, and uh, make the comedy so natural. Like, he's not doing anything crazy. Uh, he's not doing any, you know, voices or anything, but it's still just so funny. Um, yeah. And, and they I do like, that's... and they do like physical humor, but it's not, it's not like Chevy Chase where that's like 90% of what he's doing. You know what I mean? Like, they mix in all kinds of different. Um, yeah. And I think that's what I kind of meant when I was saying it. Like, there's parts of this movie that I don't think work really that well. Like when I rewatch it, like I, I just think that like some of it, like doesn't some of the scenes I just think don't feel like they kind of flow with the movie. I think feel like they kind of like put a couple scenes in there, uh, especially when it kind of does the more like serious type of moments or whatever. But just in turn, like I really had to have this on here just because of how much I love the performance of, uh, of John Candy in this one. And I think it's a really good movie. I just think that it could have been a lot higher uh, on my list. Like when I originally made my list, I thought this would be a lot higher. And then mm -hmm. when I had to rank it up against different ones, I was like, all right, I guess it can kind of fall in this, in this area. Yeah. Um, all right. Number 81 for me is one of my favorite, like buddy comedies. This, this is one of those movies that kind of shot both of them into like the stratosphere of a list guys. And again, it was short lived, but number 81 for me is Tommy boy. Um, I just think it's so hard to find um, to find two guys that mesh as well as David Spade and Chris Farley. I, I just don't. That's so rare to find two guys that that can have that kind of chemistry. And there's just so many scenes in this movie that just crack me up. Um, and again, you know, Chris Farley played the lovable idiot better than anyone. Um, this movie and the other movie that they're in, Black Sheep, I had a really hard time picking which one. I think Tommy Boy is a better movie, but I think Black Sheep is funnier. Um, like, from top to bottom, I think Black Sheep is actually funnier than Tommy Boy. But again, I, I think Tommy Boy was the was the first one. It was, a, it was a huge success. And I also think, the, you know, it's got a little bit more of those, like, heartfelt moments for me. Um, that's why it, it's up here, but... Again, man, Tommy Boy is just so – just everything they do is just like – it comes off like a natural conversation. You know, like like one guy will say – will throw a barb at one guy, and then he quickly comes back, and then they're on to something. And they make uh, David Spade's character – like, he's you know, he's way smarter than Tommy, but he's also kind of an – you know, he's an idiot too. So I, I think they do a really good job of kind of evening them out and uh, – this movie is just great. It's one of those that I could watch a billion times and still have the same feelings about it. So, uh, number 81 is Tommy boy. Yeah. I, I love Tommy boy. Um, 
you know, you pretty much say everything I would have said. I mean, I think that the chemistry between him and David Spade is like really what drives the movie. I mean, I yeah. think they, they, those two guys were just comedic, just just a powerhouse of a tandem there. Um, and like you said, David Spade plays kind of the uh, the straight the straight face type of role. You know, uh, um, Chris Farley, you know, gets to do kind of I guess you could say the fun. But I mean, again, we say it all the time, but without that contrast it's not interesting yeah. you know and david spade does some stupid crap in it too oh, yeah. so uh so yeah i really like that one too um number 81 for me i just want to also say i, re- I really like uncle buck hey you just said that i know but I, I, fe- I feel i don't know what i was thinking when i was like this movie i don't think this movie is really that good um i make some notes on here and that that was for anyway um but number 81 is one that i think a lot of people, again, this is a genre I really love, and you'll see this genre throughout my list. This might be the first, technically, one I have. Uh, the high school movie genre, I'm a big fan of, just always have been. I think there's a lot of great films out of this. This one's not one of my, I don't rank up there with like my top like high school movie, but I think that it's just one of those ones that I think is really kind of really smart, really fun. And one that I see myself rewatching at least like once a year, once every couple years, and that's Clueless at eighty one. Um, I, I just think it's one of those movies that, you know, it kind of just keeps holding up for me. Like I thought that it would kind of get old after a while because you know when I was watching it, it, it when you watch it, it really feels like a nineties movie. Like the look and the the way they talk, you know, the way the characters the music. talk, interact, the music, but it really does hold up quite well. Um, and I, I just really, like I said, I'm a big fan of the genre, so you'll see more of this, but Clueless, uh, had to make my list just because I think it's a ton of fun. I think that, um, it actually has a little bit to say as well, which is always nice without kind of beating you over the head with it. And again, man, it's got Paul Rudd, you know, and Paul Rudd literally looks younger now than he did in this movie. Um, so again, Alicia Silverstone, like you can, you know, it's up for debate, like, you, you know, how much you can kind of deal with her in this movie. Like she definitely, but I think that's the point, you know, like she's supposed to be kind of spoiled and obnoxious early on. And uh, I think she plays the role really good. And um, like I said, this is just a really good high school movie to deal that, that, that I think's a lot of fun and kind of one that's, that's held up for me. Well, and I think high school movies in particular, I think they're going to hold up better than other genres because high school kids are for the most part going to have the same issues regardless of you know the same issues they were having in the 90s are the same issues they're probably having now you know like learning how to drive and you know falling for your first crush and stuff like that like i I just think it's it's stuff that no matter who watches it or when they watch it they can always relate to having those feelings at that time you know what i mean um but yeah i i I, clueless is one of those that when i first watched it i was like man this movie's kind of dumb and then the more i got older and watched it more, the more I appreciate what it's doing. Um, and uh, I, I agree with you. I, I think this is a really good movie. Um, it didn't make my list, but uh, but it's one of those like time capsule, like you like to say, those time capsule high, uh, high school movies that you could always come back to. So, um, all right. Well, uh, that was number 90 through 81. Um, was, there, was there anything, Justin, on my list that you thought would be higher? Um. I'm, I'm trying to name list them off real quick. So mine were Castaway, Joyride, Billy Madison, Memento, Independence Day, Smile. That was the one. That was the one. I thought Memento would be higher. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't remember which one you had, but I I knew you were a big fan of that one. I thought that one would be. That I thought that one would be higher. I didn't know where I thought it would be. I thought it maybe beat Crack Your Top Fifty, maybe. But um, but then I probably know you have some more Nolan movies, so you probably have to spread them out a little bit. Yeah, and I mean it's one of those things where. You know, the 87 movie and the 55 movie, are they really that far apart? Yeah, that's probably not. But, um, but yeah, but like I said earlier, the one that I thought would be higher on your list was Sinister. And, um, I'm surprised Good Burger was on there, but I'm glad it was because I know how much that movie, um, spoke to you, especially when you were younger. So, um, it spoke to me. It really did. It did. Uh, yeah, Sinister, Sinister definitely could be higher. I'm actually a little upset it's this low. 
now that you mentioned it. I wasn't thinking about it, but now that you mentioned it, I won't be able to sleep tonight over it. So that one's that one's gonna sting. Yeah, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring been. it up. I'm gonna bring well, it up. What's funny, what's funny is I have I have another horror movie that'll the little segue into the next episode, but I have another horror movie that'll be in between, you know, eighty and seventy one. Mm-hmm. That's not as good as Sinister, but it's higher. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Again, favorites. You know? And what's funny, man, is I know you, and I know that this is like once we in this episode, oh, it's this, gonna... this is going to eat at you. <laughs> like this, yeah. I, I might get a text from you saying, "Hey, man, can, do you mind if we redo this episode because yeah. I really shouldn't have Sinister that low?" But you know, hey, yeah. this is you know this is our list. We got to live by it. So yeah. All right. Well, thanks for taking the time and uh, let us know what movies you thought would be higher or which ones um, you think we're crazy for having on there. And uh, make sure to like and subscribe and we'll see you next time. Bye.